0: Can you explain more about how self-sabotage works? Why would we want to get in our own way? So in a way, uh, there is no such thing as self-sabotage, but there are multiple motivations that we can have. So sabotage is a bit of a relative term. You know, from the point of view of, of if you're a gardener, you might think that you're just weeding but from the weed's point of view you're sabotaging them <laughs> so there's different perspectives on these things and it's the same with uh, a cognitive system a mind and a body there are different competing interests that we have we we see that these come into into conflict sometimes if if we think about new year's resolutions that many people have every year and You know, it's possible for there to be different parts of a person, a part of them, a belief system, an aspect of them that genuinely wants to get up early in the morning and to exercise before work and to do the same in the evening after work. And they really want that. They see the benefits of it. They know they're going to be healthy. They're going to feel great. And they clearly want that. However, at the same time, there can also be another part of them that genuinely wants to just relax in a, a little bit longer in bed in the morning take it easy and that genuinely wants to just chill out and watch tv in the evening so we can start to see the problem here the problem is is that we have two good habits essentially because neither of them are are entirely negative they, they both offer benefits because you know what relaxing is really important sometimes we shouldn't be exercising the whole time that's that's not good for us however of course, activity is very, very good for us, and we certainly shouldn't be sitting around the whole time unless we have no other option. So you can see that neither of these patterns in and of themselves are trying to sabotage you, but they're both emphasizing different priorities in your life. Now, the problem is there may be many patterns that you have of thought, of belief, of action, but you are an individual person. There's one system, which is you. And as a result, these different priorities can conflict within you, leading to the phenomena that we call self-sabotage, because you're getting blocked, you're getting obstructed. And sometimes both priorities are getting blocked, because sometimes instead of getting fit, and also instead of just relaxing, you're doing neither. Because at least if you just chose to relax, you could do that guilt-free But instead now, maybe you're not exercising, but you're also not just chilling out either. You're kind of feeling bad about the fact that you're not being active. Actually, both aspects are kind of losing to some degree here. So the goal, as much as possible, is to try and recognize these different beliefs that we have, these different priorities that we have, and to the degree that they're valid and that they make sense, relaxation is a goal and uh, health is a goal. Brilliant. Trying to find a way to synthesize them, to marry them together. to to help them cooperate with each other rather than compete with each other. Because in truth, being very healthy actually helps you relax. And relaxation is also a way to be healthy. So often these, these beliefs aren't as different as they seem. It's just on the surface they're emphasizing slightly different priorities. They just have slightly different individual goals, but together they can work quite well. Now, it usually is not the case that you sit down and do this and it's done. There's a good bit you can do in a a single sitting, but very often it's a sort of an ongoing project management that needs to happen over the course of time. So I think that alone, though, is helpful to understand because when you think self-sabotage is there, that can lead to sometimes feeling cynical about your own system. You're thinking, oh, God, I'm just out to get myself or to stand in my own way or what's wrong with me or why do I... Instead, when you move beyond that and you start to look at it in a slightly more sophisticated way and you start to say, well, hold on a moment. I don't really have any bad habits as such. There may be some that really aren't working for me, but very often they do have good motivations behind them, but they're just not being realized in the best ways. And even something like addiction will be a good example of this. The actual addiction itself, or the way we're trying to meet that need, probably isn't working for us. It may be very, very toxic for us. However, the intention to feel happy is is no doubt a good one, but it's just the way in which we're achieving it. And there's often many ways in which we can achieve the same thing. So it's not really a question of self-sabotage. It's generally more a question of just competing interests. So you can kind of be kind to yourself and look in and be a bit reflective and start to say, well, what are the values here at play? What's trying to be achieved? What are the priorities here? Sometimes maybe write them out or draw them can be helpful. And then to do a little bit of mediation work between them and ask yourself, okay, well, what are ways that we can try and meet some of these needs? So with the health and relaxation example, we might say, well, okay, I'm going to be active at that point, but at this other time, I'm going to set aside time to really relax. You know, So maybe scheduling it a bit is the solution there. Or maybe we just need to be a bit more realistic and not put so many intense fitness goals in ourselves because maybe it would be better to do less but in an ongoing way, than to do an awful lot for a day or two, and then nothing follows it. You know, so it might seem like less, but it actually turns out to be more if it's more balanced. And don't ever be afraid of scientific experimentation with this. You know, the world's best experts in this often don't know the answers. As a research scientist, I I, I don't pride myself in being psychic. I I know I don't know, but we've tools to find out when we're running tests or running lab experiments. We may have assumptions, but we can be right or we can be wrong. So I think where the skill comes in is being able to test it, to be a bit humble about it, and to be able to see what works, but then to be able to adjust on the basis of that data as it comes in. And that's that's a useful thing to do with this as well, is sort of trial it, see how it works, give it a go for a few days or a week, and then kind of report back and then say, how did that work? Why didn't it work? What other needs are there that need to be met? And in that way, you never really lose, but you're just refining and developing as you go, and that feels good.